Good morning and welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me this morning on the Joy FM. How's your weekend been going? I hope it's going well. It's hard to believe how fast this year is going. Wow, it seems like each year goes faster and faster. And I always told the older you get, that's what happens. And that saying's true. <laughs> but we are almost halfway through the month of July. So we are zooming through 2021. And as we go through this year, let's make sure that we are intentionally planning on spending time with God each and every day in prayer and in his word, and that we are being intentional about telling others about Jesus Christ, sharing his word, sharing our testimonies, because this life goes by so fast, and we need to make sure that we make it count for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we are going to continue our study on the full armor of God. We are going to look at another piece of the armor, and today, we are getting offensive. We're going to talk about the sword of the Spirit. Before we do, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we praise you again for this day, another day you have given us. And Father, you're just so awesome to us. God, you you allowed us to wake up this morning. You gave us breath in our lungs so we can face another day. And knowing that we're, we're spending this day with you, Lord, and we get to spend eternity with you when we trust in your Son, Jesus Christ. And it just doesn't get any better than that. Father, as life does seem to just go by so, so fast, Lord, let us make it count. Let us live for you. That's what you want us to do, God. And may we do it. Lord, you tell us in your word that life is but a vapor. And it's so true. But Father, as we're here on earth, may we be about our Father's business. May we be about the great commission of telling others about you, but baptizing new believers by teaching new believers to obey all that you've commanded us and knowing that you're with us always, Lord. You empower us to do all that you want us to do. But Lord, let us focus also on your love for us, Lord, and how good you are to us, God. God, when things get discouraging and we start to feel down, let us remember how awesome you are. And Lord, that will just lift us right back up. Father, just want to pray for everybody listening today, God. You know each and every need of every person. And just want to lift that up, all of them up to you, Father God. And pray, God, for those who don't know you, that today will be their day of salvation, that they call out to you, Jesus, and surrender their lives to you. And may the believers out there be encouraged by your word today, Father God. And may we put on and keep on the full armor that you give us, Lord, to protect us from the enemy. And as we're going to read today, to be on the offensive so we can attack back. And Lord, we can go forward in your word, in your power, and in your might to accomplish your will. So Father, we praise you, we love you, and thank you for another day again. And it's in your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. The Apostle Paul listed many defensive pieces of the armor of God, but only one was offensive. And that's the sword of the Spirit, which is the sixth piece of the armor that Paul mentions in Ephesians chapter 6 that we're looking at. And again, we're taking it piece by piece each week, looking at what each piece means, how to apply it to our lives. And again, remember, God never tells us to take off his armor. So we need to keep it on at all times. And the key scripture, the armor of God, comes from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. So remember, that's our key text. I encourage you to read back over that again this week. But the sword of the Spirit, that's the sixth piece that Paul mentions here in Ephesians chapter 6. And in this lesson... We're going to explore what the Bible says about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In the Bible, back in the Old Testament, 
Judges chapter 7 records the story of Gideon and his 300 men. If you haven't read this story, you need to. If you hadn't read it in a while, go back and read it again. Gideon and his armies, Judges chapter 7. Awesome story of God's power and his might. And Gideon, he had 32,000 Israelite troops gathered near the Midianite camps. The Midianites were the enemy here, and they were severely outnumbered, however. 32,000 sounds like a lot of troops, but the enemy had 135,000. So very much outnumbered there, Gideon and his troops were. But Gideon, he was ready to do battle, but God had other plans. Uh, He was about to show his people just how powerful a God he was. Now, God told Gideon to let everyone who was afraid of the upcoming battle to return home. So Gideon says, hey, if you're afraid about this battle, I'm going to allow you to go home. And out of 32,000 men, 22,000 left. (laughs) There was a lot of fear amongst that camp. So 22,000 men left. And they went home, and that only left 10,000 men with Gideon. But God was still looking for a smaller number. And God told Gideon to have the remainder of his men drink from the spring that was nearby. And all those who lapped the water like a dog would remain, while the rest would be sent home. So finally, it got narrowed down to 300 men. Gideon and his little army went out and they surrounded the Midianites' camp. And on a signal, they blew trumpets and they broke pitchers that were covering their torches. And they shouted, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And again, read Judges chapter 7 to get the whole story because I just hit some highlights there. Just think about that for a moment. The unthinkable happened. There were 135,000 Midianites, men of war, and only 300 Israelites with Gideon. Those odds just doesn't match up, do they? It's like, man, Gideon's going to get squashed here. But no, God wanted to show his people how powerful he truly is. And the 300 men, they, they weren't even holding their swords. They had the swords in their belt, but they weren't holding the sword. They had torches, and they had trumpets, and they routed the entire Midianite camp. Uh, the scripture records that God set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. So before the Israelites even had a chance to reach for swords, God plunged the enemy into chaos, and they were defeated completely. The Israelites were delivered from their foes by a miracle. And the famous story illustrates a valuable lesson to us. It is God who gives the victory. His sword is what delivers us. It's not us. It's not our own strength. It's not our own wisdom. It's God. And it's God's power that gives us the victory. And that story totally illustrates that. Again, Judges chapter 7. Check it out. Throughout the world, there are certain individuals, both real and fictional, we've read about, whose identity remains almost inseparable from their weapon of choice. Thor and his hammer. Every time you think of Thor, you think of that hammer. Uh, There was King Arthur, and he had the sword. you remember its name? Excalibur. He had El Cid from Spain and his long sword, the Tazona. And he had William Wallace from Scotland, and he had a claymore. It didn't have a name, but everybody remembers that claymore. The sword is the only item listed by Paul in the full armor of God that serves an offensive capacity. Even if we have all the rest of our armor on and it's fitted perfectly and we're using it perfectly, 
without our sword, we pretty much are just moving targets. Well, armored moving targets, but moving targets. So we can have the greatest defense there is, but you got to have good offense, right, if you're going to win. So perhaps this is why we remember the name of King Arthur's sword, for example, Excalibur. Do you remember what his footwear was named? I don't either. Nobody does. <laughs> but that's why we remember him, because his sword was the offensive weapon that he wielded to to defeat foes. And while the rest of our armor, it's undoubtedly it's vital. We've got to have it, and we've studied that, and we see where each piece is vital. It's the sword and only the sword that allows us to attack, to directly do the work that needs to be done. So we got to have the sword, which is the Word of God. Now, the sword for a Roman soldier was definitely an offensive weapon. And again, Paul was under house arrest for a couple of years and got well acquainted with the armor of a Roman soldier. And uh, a Roman's sword was called the gladius and became known as the sword that conquered the world. And they adapted a uh, Spanish design, and it was in close range combat. It was a fearsome tool. And a skilled Roman warrior could take out a lot of people. And when it was sharpened correctly and had dual edges on it, oh, it wreaked havoc over their armed foes. And it had a tapered point that could pierce through even heavy metal armor. So a Roman infantryman, he he was a bad dude. (laughs) People did not want to see him coming at them. And he often went into battle mainly with with his sword. He also had a a dagger that he used. But it was... uh, close hand-to-hand combat and therefore the sword is the only weapon Paul lists as part of our Christian arsenal the offensive side offensive part of the armor of God now the word of God is called the sword but what is the word of God let's look at some scripture think what is the word of God well it's the Bible right Psalms 119 105 says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path so God's word the holy Bible illuminates. It's a light. It reveals to us the good and the bad and the wise and the unwise. And it is the ultimate tool in learning how to live the best life possible, free from restraints of stumbling in the darkness. So the Word of God illuminates, lights the path for us. John seventeen seventeen, Sanctify them by your truth. Your Word is truth. God's Word is truth, plain and simple. God's Word is the truth. We can have perfect confidence in the fact that God's words are accurate, true, and there's no error in them. When followed, they guide us without fail in the path that we need to walk. Again, when followed, when obeyed, so we need to read and we need to obey. We can be destroyed by lack of knowledge, and we read that in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. But we will be blessed if we hear and keep the word of God. Luke chapter 11, verse 28. And that knowledge is not just for us. The word of God tells us we are to be ready to answer others who ask us questions about God, who ask us about salvation, who ask us about why we have such peace in the midst of crazy times. God's word is our sword. And why is it called a sword? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
The all-powerful sword of the living God is able to cut through every defense our enemy can raise up, everyone, down to the very division of bone and marrow. And when we wield that sword of the Spirit, the Word of God that God gives us, nothing can withstand its ability to cut to the core of the matter and uncover the truth. Because again, God's Word is the truth. So as soldiers in God's army, it's our responsibility and duty to use his word to discern the truth and then follow it. There's that obedience again. We have to be obedient to the word of God. And when God's word shows us something that's wrong within ourselves, we can use a spiritual weapon to surgically remove, if you will, the offending thoughts and actions. So God's word is what we are to live by. God's word shows us what is true and what is not, what is wise, what is unwise. And when we follow his word, we're going to be living in his truth. We're going to be living in the truth. And unlike all other pieces of the armor of God, which are solely defensive, the word is uniquely suited for both defensive and offensive roles. A solid defense we know is invaluable. Especially if you're a football fan, you know the importance of having a good defense. But the sword is the only way we can complete the work God's given us. Again, it's like a football team. You can have the greatest defense ever, but if you have no offense, you're not going to score. And eventually the other team will make it through the, your defense and at least get a field goal. <laughs> but you got to have an offense to go for good defense. And that's what the sword is. The sword is our great offensive weapon. It can also be used for defense, though. Let's look at how Jesus used the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. This is when Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil then took him to a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the, of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. What did Jesus do every time Satan tempted him? He used the word of God. We need to learn what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, that we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So every time Satan tempted him, Jesus would use the word and defeated Satan by using the word of God, the sword of the Spirit. So we need to take this example Jesus gives us and apply it to our lives. He tells us to follow him. And so let's follow him truly in every way including using the Word of God to shoot down every temptation 
every dart that the evil one, Satan, throws at us. The word of God, the truth. Now, swords, as we talked about with the Roman soldiers, they were used for close combat, not for long-range warfare. And so this should give us an insight of the nature of a battle, of the battle of a Christian. And let's look at some scripture. Acts 14, verse 22. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The Romans relied in part on assailing their enemies from a distance with javelins and darts. But God doesn't give us that option. As Christian soldiers, we're not going to be tossing javelins and darts. We're going to fight our battles up front, close and personal. Because if our battles were from a distance, we never would experience an actual trial. At first glance, that might not seem like such a bad thing, but when we stop to consider that without trials, there's no growth. That's where we that's where we grow as believers. When we go through a trial and our faith is tested, that's where we grow. That's where we see where we're at in our faith. And we learn. We learn invaluable lessons as we go through different trials. I've shared many times about how I almost died about six years ago from a sickness. And it was through that time that God showed me so much, and my faith grew to levels that had never been before. And that's because I was going through that trial. I was going through that tough time and kept my focus on God and let him teach me as I went through that trial, and and I grew. And so that's important for our faith is when we go through those trials. Now, it would be easier if we for our battle was long distance and we didn't have to face our, our enemies up close. But we're not gonna we're not gonna have those trials if we live life that way. So don't take the easy way out. Let's fight the battles and let's use the sword of the spirit, the word of God, the truth, to win those battles. The Apostle Paul only lists one weapon to be our offensive weapon because that's the only one that we need. There is no enemy the Word of God, coupled with the Spirit, cannot defeat. We are armed only with the sword as far as our offensive weapons go. And we step out and we fight our enemies head on. And we know here in this life the struggle is real. It's immediate. It's right in front of us. Our future in God's kingdom is on the line each and every time we step out to battle. But we take up the sword of the Spirit so we can hold fast to the future God has promised us. And we got to know God's promises. When he promises something to us, he's going to keep his word. And he, he tells us that to him who overcomes and not to him who remains are the ones who endure. So him who overcomes, we're the ones that receive the promises. We got to change. We, we can't stay the same. And that's why he says to him who overcomes, and it's not him who remains the same. And the only way we're going to 
change is through growth. And again, the only way we're going to grow is going through trials. They're not fun. Nobody likes to go through tough times. Nobody likes to go through a trial, a tribulation, hard times. It is not fun. But that's where growth takes place. And so it's worth it. It's worth the battle. And when we're armed with the Word of God, we can make it through any battle because we're focusing on the truth and we're relying on our Heavenly Father to get us through each and every time. Now, what promises can we stand on? Matthew chapter 24, verses thir- verse 13. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? We fight knowing the end of the story. Now that's, that's an awesome thing. We know the end of the story. And so we're actually fighting from victory. Fighting from victory that Jesus has already obtained for us. Two of the many powerful and sure promises in God's word tells us that if we remain dedicated to God and his word, we will make it to the end and we will be saved. There is no doubt in this statement, no doubt whatsoever. God's promises are as sure as the one he told in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 11, where he says, Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. God will do it. So take up your sword. The battle is ours, and he has won the victory for us. So we need to apply the sword of the Spirit to our lives if we're not already. An important thing to remember about a sword, a dull sword is not going to do you any good. It needs to be sharpened, and it needs to remain useful. And it certainly won't sharpen itself. Those of us who have pocket knives, we like to keep them sharp. But if we don't sharpen them ourselves, they're just going to remain dull. So we have to do something. We have to sharpen that blade, sharpen that knife. And the same with the sword of the Spirit, with the, the Word of God. We need to intentionally set some time aside every single day for regular Bible study. We need to open up the Word of God. We need to know what His promises are so we can stand on those promises. And that those promises give us hope that when we're going through tough times, hey, you know what? God said this, and I know He's going to do it. And so we need to be in His Word. I encourage you to open up the Word of God, read His Word daily, study it daily. I encourage you to read through the Bible in a year. That's a great thing to do. If you've never done that before, I encourage you to do it. You can, you can get the Bible app online or on, on your phone, and there's plans in there where you can just click on it, and each day it'll take you through different chapters until by the time a year is over with, you've read through the Bible. Now, that's not a great study way to study, but it's a great way to, to start learning his word. And then you can do some study uh, as well. But read his word, be in his word, know, know what God says to you, because this is his word to us. This is a love letter to us. And if we don't pick it up, it's not going to do us any good. We can't just sit it down on a table or sit it next to the bed and and hope that we're going to just learn through osmosis or something, right? No, it doesn't work that way. We have to open it up, and we have to read it ourselves. And we we need to be involved with a, a good house of worship where we're going to be taught the Word of God as well. And so that's very important. But you got to feed yourself. you got to 
read the word yourself. So set aside some time. I encourage you each day to do that. And you can you can pick a topic that you may not know very well and dive into that and, and learn that topic. Or it may be a character trait that you would like to improve on. Maybe one of the fruits of the Spirit or some of the fruits of the Spirit listed in Galatians chapter 5 that you know certain pieces of the fruits of the Spirit are not operating effectively in your life. So get in and study that and Ask God to, to use that time of study to, to, to help you start working on those areas of your life. And through continuous practice, we will keep our blades razor sharp and we'll always be ready to defend the hope that lies within us. So the sword of the Spirit, such an important piece of the, the armor of God. All pieces are. But again, this is our offensive weapon. And we need to use it and we need to know it. Sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So be in His Word. I encourage you to be in His Word. And next week, we're going to look at the power of prayer and supplication in the Spirit. But before we go today, I want to ask you, have you ever given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? If you haven't, I encourage you to do so today. You can call out to Him. You can just talk to Him. He's there. He's right there with you. His arms are wide open, ready to take you in. And you can say something like this. Father God, I need you in my life. I know I've been disobedient to you. I've sinned. And I need your forgiveness. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. I repent. I'm sorry for not obeying you. I repent and I turn from my ways, I turn to you and ask you to save me. Jesus, I confess you are my Lord. You are my Savior. And I believe with all my heart that you died on that cross. And on the third day, you rose again to live forever, that all who believe shall not perish but have eternal life. That's what I want. I want you, Jesus. I give you my life. I ask you to fill me with your spirit and help me day by day to live for you. I love you, Lord Jesus. Just pray something like that. However you pray, God's there to meet you right where you're at. And if you pray that, I want to encourage you to contact me because I'd like to give you some next steps. I'd like to give you some material for those next steps. You can contact me at 334-494-4995. That's 334-494-4995. That's our Love and Action office. If we don't answer it, please leave a message. You can also email me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. And I'd love to help you with those next steps. If you'd like to find out more information about Love in Action, please visit our website at loveinactionministries.com. It's a good landing page to or site to see what all we do locally as well as around the world to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can also follow us on Facebook. Just look up Love in Action, Dothan, Alabama on Facebook and follow us on Facebook. We're also on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, just all kind of social media out there where we just keep people updated with what's going on with the ministry and what all God is doing because he's doing a lot. He is an awesome God and I love him so much. And I want to thank you again for joining me this morning for Sunday Morning of Love and Action. Hope you have a great rest of the day and a wonderful week coming up. 
And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his face upon you and give you peace.